in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. speaking to the apostles do not let your hearts be troubled trust in God still and trust in me there are many rooms in my father's house if there were not I should have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you And after that, I have gone to prepare you a place. I shall return to take you with me, so that where I am, you may be too. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes, can come to the Father except through me. These are very uh, consoling words uh, that respond to the internal upheaval that the apostles were feeling. He sees clearly that they are troubled, that they are upset, that they are lacking peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. They're anxious, they're nervous, they're upset. Maybe this wasn't always showing externally that much, but clearly he could read their hearts and he can certainly, of course, read our hearts as well. And he calms them by telling them he is preparing a place for us. Meaning that all the upheavals that we can suffer in this world can have a purpose, can have meaning, the meaning of eternal life. And uh, knowing that, that the Lord has prepared a place for us, helps us to see the purpose of our challenges, or just the purpose uh, of our life, when we are in doubt, when we are not certain, when we don't know. Everybody likes to have a certain amount of conviction about the future. And when we are completely uncertain, we can get uh, troubled. As the Lord says, I'm preparing a place. It's clear that it's a place that is amenable to us, that we can confide in. 
maybe you've heard that that uh, sort of tale, the kind of a fairy tale about these two twins that are in their mother's womb, and they're there, and they are talking to each other within the womb, and um, one says to the other, "It's so good to be here." You know, really, it's, it's great. We're feeling warm. We're comfortable here. We're well nourished. Uh, don't have to do anything. And we're nourished. It's uh, so great uh, to be here. But, you know, I think, we, like, I can tell we're, this is not going to last. You know, we're, we're, we're going to go out there, out there, one says to the other, which, but, you know, and he says, are you sure? I mean, aren't we going to stay here, like, forever? He says, no, I'm pretty sure we have to go. It's, it's going to happen. But what's out there? He says, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, are you, is there anything? Are we going to die when we leave here, this place? And they're, they're exchanging about it. And so one of them says to the other, well, look, I'm, I think I'm a little bit older than you, like two minutes older than you, so I'm probably going to go out first. He says, oh, okay, okay, good. So if you go out first, like, come back immediately and tell me, you know, like, if it's okay out there, you know, what, what I ha- if I have to prepare anything. He says, no problem, I'll tell you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go out first. And sure enough, of course, that one goes out first, and the other's waiting and doesn't come back. You know, he doesn't come back. <laughs> What's going on, you know? And... Uh, you know, he said, I've heard, I've heard about this, you know, that people go away and they don't come back. Like, uh, is there really life out there, you know? And he said, like, he doesn't know, you know. And, and of course, eventually, uh, he also goes out. And uh, both of them, well, this the second one comes out. And, of course, as soon as he finally opens his eyes, the first thing that he sees is, is the face of his mother most beautiful face he's ever seen. In fact, the first face he's ever seen other than his twin. And there he sees his mother, his mother's face, and next to him, asleep, is his little brother. And uh, he says, you know, we're here together again. And, um, you know, it is the Lord who prepared that for them. And uh, the first thing we will see it's probably the face of our Lord, but there will also be the face of our mother. God is described as a father, but there are so many places that he has all the characteristics of being a mother as well. That's so why we, of course, we celebrate also Mother's Day in a, in a unique way. And like those little twins, since we don't always know, we can get troubled, we can get agitated. And indeed, in the world, there is a tribulation. But the Lord says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And the result is this, this inner stability, not a kind of external calm or the absence of troubles in life. The Lord promised that there would be troubles. You see little, little babies in the fetus, they're, they're moving around, they're kicking and... Uh, they, they have their, so to speak, their problems. And the Lord promised that in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so, in our prayer today, as we stop with our Lord here, imagining what it will be like when we go out of this world, how can I be of good cheer? How can I not let my heart be troubled? As the Lord asks of me, as he asked of the apostles.
we can ask, well, how can I be of good cheer when there are problems, there are failures, there are bad things happening, personal failures, external pain and suffering that we see every day. Is the Lord saying, leave your troubles aside? Don't let them touch your heart? Well, the Lord is saying, He's not saying, put your troubles aside. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let the inner core of who you are be in upheaval. Believe in me. Trust in me. And when we do that, when we believe in him, when we have faith in him, it does something to us. It's not just a belief. It changes our vision. It changes the very nature of our heart. It's like a Faith is like a tree that brings all these fruit. Fruits of joy, the, ju- the, the, the fruits of inner peace, of Gaudium Compace, of joy and peace. All the fruits of the Holy Spirit are the fruits of faith given to us by the Holy Spirit. Of joy, of peace, of forbearance, of kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness, of gentleness, of self-control. Fruits of the Holy Spirit. The fruits don't come from the sky. They come from a tree, or at least a bush. And that tree is the tree of faith that produces all these beautiful fruits that, that have to be seen in our life, that would be expressions of our Lord's demand, don't let your hearts be troubled. We're not troubled when we're in joy. We're not troubled when we're serene. We're not troubled when we're in peace, when we live kindness, gentleness. There are many and varied fruits of the tree of faith. They're good to eat. They're good for others to grab. A man of faith, a woman of faith, has these fruits and people come close and they want those fruits. And as a result, they even want that faith. But the first immediate fruits that they can grab are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So we ask the Lord to help us produce those fruits on account of our faith. And uh, we can get frustrated sometimes if everything doesn't go within the sphere of our understanding. There are setbacks, there are contradictions. But still, even despite all that, if we do trust in Him, we will have that joy. We have that peace. I know you, you want to love God. You want to be faithful to God's call. The vocational call. You desire the Lord with all your heart and you, you want to be a soul that is truly useful to the church. But there are circumstances in which we, we often risk losing that peace and that tranquility. And the devil seeks to exploit those moments. He wants to discourage us. This is what the devil wants to do. He wants to discourage us. That's his... That's his Modus operandi. And uh, the reason we can get upset or lose peace is because 
of the we see our own misery we experience our own faults not just external things that happen to us but we see our faults we see our failures and uh, we continue to experience them in different areas of our life even if we try to correct ourselves we we notice we we realize that we have some dominant defects that seem to come back and this can discourage us failure can discourage us it can sadden us that's why sadness or discouragement is the ally of the enemy because the enemy likes to dis- just to exploit the, those moments he can whisper to us the devil can whisper to us well we are simply handicapped we are simply weak and we will always be like this we will never change and this discouragement and that anguish of the soul can happen after committing a, a sin, a, a fault. And it's that anguish that is not good. And uh, even if we commit a fault, even if we commit a sin, even if we fall, even if we really do something, like you could say, bad, somewhere there we still have to be at peace. We have to remain at peace. It's not the same as, as being completely unaffected, having a, like a deadened conscience. Because we have to keep peace from kind of like seeping out of our soul and drawing us up. And so we ask our Lord to help us understand what that really means, not to let our soul be troubled. It's really... When he says that, it's, he's telling us to recapture our lost peace. It's not a question of making superhuman efforts and completely eliminating our imperfections, eliminating completely our sins, probably because that would be beyond our reach. The Lord doesn't ask us to go beyond our reach. Perhaps it's more a question of knowing how, as quickly as possible, to recapture peace. To gain it again. When we have fallen into sin, or we've been troubled by our own experience of our own imperfections, our weaknesses, when we find ourselves comparing ourselves, when we begin to see the cloud of sadness. Recapture our peace especially if we receive something good and we just feel we're not worthy of this this is not a form of resignation or mediocrity or laxity but it is really the way in which we sanctify ourselves more rapidly why, why do this? Why do we have to recapture our peace right away? What is the reason for this? Why is it so important to recapture our peace? Especially when we have objectively noticed our failures. Because God acts in the peace of, of one's soul. It's like he doesn't act in an agitated soul. 
In other words, not by our efforts that we succeed in liberating ourselves from sin. It's really only really by the grace of God which attains its end. It's the grace of God that acts. Rather than by simply troubling ourselves, it's much more efficient or efficacious to regain our peace as soon as possible and let God act in us. It's like, you know, that image of the still lake. The, when the lake is very, very calm, you see the sun reflected in that lake very clearly. It's a beautiful, that's what we call a beautiful sunset. It reflects the sun. That's because the lake is peaceful. We have to reflect the sun. God, we have to reflect God in our behavior. You see the clouds above, and but an agitated lake with with uh, waves and and ripples. There, well, it just produces like broken up reflections of light, shards of light, so to speak. And you can't really see the sun and its power in that on a wavy day. We have to be a calm, like a calm lake, even if we fail. Our father said in the forge, a clear mark of the man of God, of the woman of God, is the peace in their soul. They have peace and they give peace to the people they have been dealing with. We have peace and we give peace. People come to us, they have to experience a peace. They have to give that off. And uh, this is what was said certainly about um, about Donavro, no? Donavro. I saw recently an article in uh, the Opus Dei website written by Monique David where she recounted in an article that when she was 19 years old she saw for the first time in her life she met uh, Donavro she knew nothing about him she went uh, to Univ during Holy Week and uh, she said he came out onto the stage amidst a large crowd of people and she said just like seeing him there on the stage this is what she describes in the article she said when he arrived on the stage I felt something special in my heart and very clear a very clear thought came to me in that precise moment, I felt that I was standing before Jesus Christ. Now that's a, that's a powerful statement. It's a <laughs> she was standing in front of a man, and the, the and it's true. Uh, Don Alvaro just effused this grace, this 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 peace, rather. And then when he came in to Montreal, I still remember he came to Montreal in 1988, and uh, he went to the University of Montreal. And uh, he, in one line, explained our personal itinerary. He said, we come from God, we are on earth, and we will go back to God. Come from God, and we will go back to God. And just that statement, uh, that idea that, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you, so we've you know, we've come from God, but God is going to prepare a place for us. Lord Jesus Christ is preparing a place for us. That's our life. We've come from God, and we're going back to God. That has to fill us with peace. Monique said that 
she knew that her father was a man of few words. And she asked her father what she thought of the get-together with Don Alvaro. Back then in 1988, he said, a holy man, that's all, a holy man. He too could sense that. We have to exude that, that peace. It is worthwhile because it, it affects uh, the others around us so much when we are cheerful, when we are at peace. It's the mark of a man of God, of a woman of God. We have to give off peace because we're in the state of grace. But if we get triggered easily, if anger wells up, sadness wells up, we know it's, it's not attractive. We may indeed be in the state of grace, but if, if we're angry or, or upset by something even legitimate. But it doesn't, uh, it's as though the grace of God doesn't like, it doesn't function, it doesn't work in there. It only like works in, a, in the soul that is in peace. We are certainly not proponents of the prosperity gospel, these American preachers that promise peace because everything if you trust in God, will go good. You know, if you have faith, things go good. You get money, you get, you know, things go well. And uh, these preachers fill all audiences, these large audiences, with lots of people, with the promise of prosperity if you do really have faith in God. And uh, that's not what the Lord promises. He doesn't promise prosperity. He promises peace if we trust in Him, like inner peace even if there are upheavals. That's what he promises. Not things going well, not financial or you know, physical well-being. It's not what he promises. Nowhere does he promise that. Otherwise, uh, you know, we will not really advance. Uh, Pope Francis speaks about like, the false peace of the world. These prosperity preachers talk about a false peace. A peace he describes as anesthetizing us. He said the, the, the peace, this is the Pope Francis back in 2017, the peace that the world offers us is a peace that would, uh, is a peace without tribulations. It offers us an artificial peace a peace that is reduced to tranquility. It is a peace that only looks to one's own concerns, one's own security, to make sure that nothing is lacking. It is a tranquility that encloses us in ourselves. It does not see beyond us. The world teaches us the path to peace with an anesthesia. It anesthetizes us so as to not to see another reality in everyone's life, the cross. St. Paul says that we must enter the kingdom of heaven through many tribulations. But, what, but can one have peace in tribulation? By your own effort? No. Tribulations are real. Pain, illness, death. The peace that Jesus gives us is a gift. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So really when the Lord is saying, do not let your hearts be troubled, 
be at peace. He's, he's inviting us through faith to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In some way, our faith is what earns us those gifts. Or it's the natural results of those gifts. It's our faith, our confidence in God, our trust in Him, the act of faith, even a mixed uh, upheavals. That's the first reason, is that God acts when we're in peace. The second reason that the Lord wants us to be to trust in Him and not let our hearts be troubled is that this is actually more pleasing to God. Now what is more pleasing to God? Is it when after experiencing failure or we are discouraged and tormented or when we actually react saying, Lord, I ask your pardon. I have sinned again. Oh well, that's what I'm capable of doing on my own. But I abandon myself with confidence to your mercy and your pardon. The Holy Father has spoken much about mercy because he wants us to not just believe in the mercy, but he wants us to embrace God's mercy. And God's mercy has to have an effect on us. We can say, I have confidence in your mercy. I thank you for not allowing me to sin even more grievously. I abandon myself to you with confidence because I know that one in one day you will hear me, heal me completely. And in the meantime, I ask you that the experience of my misery would cause me to be more humble, more considerate of others, more conscious that I can do nothing by myself, but that I must rely solely on your love and your mercy. What's better? Don't they get discouraged, tormented, or that? To humbly acknowledge, I've sinned, and I ask your pardon, and I'm at peace. It's clear which is the best, which is more pleasing to God. There's another reason, which is that when we look at our discouragement, we look at it honestly, well, that discouragement is rarely pure. It is often a result of wounded pride. And it may not be entirely the simple pain of having offended God. Our upheavals are often mixed with pride. We're not just sad and discouraged because we offended God, but usually because, yeah, we're kind of shaken and we have wounded pride. But our Blessed Mother, she is the Mother of Peace, Queen of Peace. We can invoke her to be really like spreading the truth, uh, the good, with our easily accessible tranquility and serenity and peace all those gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Lord is dying to give to us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.